Well, happy Sunday. So glad that you're with us today at Life Center. Man, isn't today a great day to be alive? Come on. So much better than the, the other option, right? So today, man, life is here. Glad that you're with us today at Life Center. For those of you who haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Tyler. And uh, today we are going to continue on in a series that we began a number of weeks ago entitled Healer. Can you say Healer? Uh, we've been focusing in on the fact that Jesus, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what that means is the same Jesus that we read about who is healing lives, bringing freedom for people, bringing hope for people, he is still busy doing that work. And in a moment, we're going to go to Mark chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, you can get those ready. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. we got the Bible up in the sky. It'll be up on the screens. And uh, you can follow along with us. But today I've entitled this message, Finding Freedom. Finding Freedom. One of the things that I love about looking back at when my kids were young is even before they could communicate, there was a game that they understood how to play. In fact, we could travel the globe, and no matter if you know the language or not, if you can communicate or not, there is a game that is shared in our humanity that so many people love to play. It's the game of tag. Come on, how many of you, you, you love the game of tag? Anybody, you still play that game every now and then with, with people, just the game of tag. When I think back to my younger years in elementary school, there was a few versions of the game of tag that I loved. Anybody remember flashlight tag? Come on, flashlight tag. It was, it was a fun version of this. There was a, another version of it called TV tag. Anybody remember TV tag? Come on, that's where it gets a little bit more intense. You know, you have to say a TV show right before somebody tags you. If, they, if you do that, you're good. If you don't, you're frozen. Um, one of the most anxiety-inducing forms of tag for me was a game called blob tag. And this is where, like, as each individual gets tagged, the blob grows bigger and bigger. And if you're ever the last person in a room and there's all of these people chasing you and hunting you down, it, it gets a little bit intense. But i got to be honest, my all-time favorite version of tag is freeze tag. Freeze tag. For those of you who don't know how the game of freeze tag works, one person is, is chosen it. Depending on who is it, you know that this is going to be a fun game or a terrifying game. Um, it was fun when the slow kid got picked. It was terrifying when the fast kid got picked. Why? Because in this game, as soon as you are touched, you are frozen. You, you can't move. And the problem with freeze tag is once you are frozen, your only hope in getting unstuck is somebody else who is still free. And they have to come do something pretty heroic, somewhat sacrificial. They actually have to climb through your legs and that's the key to unlock you. And then you can run around and now you are free Again, the problem is I always seem to have friends, once I got frozen, they were like, I'm not going to sacrifice myself for you. <laughs> Come on, how many of you got some friends like that? They're more concerned with winning the game than letting everybody have fun in the game. And, and here's what I've observed in life, is that there's a lot of people who end up stuck. 
They, they get frozen in, in, in the, maybe we'll call it the, the game of life. And here's what I've noticed over time is that a lot of people who, who find themselves stuck, their, their efforts, their, their energy, their striving, it's, it's not enough to break them out of where they are. They, they actually need something or somebody who's free who can do something sacrificial to help them experience freedom. See, today we're we're going to look at a story of a man who finds himself in this place where where he is bound. He is anything but free. And the beautiful thing is Jesus shows up. And today I want to let you know that Jesus is still setting people free. Today you, you might feel a little bit Stuck. People around you might not observe it. You, you might be able to play the game really well, but there's some areas in your life that you would love to find freedom in. Can I tell you? Jesus, he wants us to be free. I want you to think about that statement for a second. Jesus actually wants us to be free. Why? Because in God's original design, in God's original purpose for us, we read in the book of Genesis that Adam and Eve were created in the image of God, and they enjoyed unhindered, unbroken relationship with God. Said another way, they were free. They were free. But something went terribly wrong. You see, because of their rebellion against God, sin entered the world, and and what they thought would bring them freedom actually brought bondage. They were were frozen. They they were stuck. But this beautiful thing happens, even in the book of Genesis, where God looks at Adam and Eve, and, and he brings some correction to their life, but then he also brings a promise. See, in Genesis... God says that a day will come where this individual will rise up and will crush the head of the serpent. See, God in his grace, he already had a solution to to mankind's frozen condition, being stuck, being being enslaved by sin. God said, I'm going to raise up somebody who's actually going to undo what your sin is has done. Consider these words quickly in in Matthew chapter 4. It gives this description of Jesus and the work that he begins to do. It says this, now Jesus began to go all over Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news. Can you say good news? Do you know that Jesus is good news? See, Jesus' central message is this, that the kingdom is here. It's arrived, and because of that, everything changes. He's preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. Then the news about him spread throughout Syria, so they brought to him all those who were afflicted. In these two verses, we see the fulfillment of what God had promised thousands of years earlier, that there was going to be somebody who would rise up and will crush the head of the enemy, in other words, undo what our sin had done. You see, don't miss this. There's a very real spiritual war taking place in our lives. 
We have a very real enemy, and the, the enemy, what does he want to do? He always wants to impress. He always wants to tag us and get us stuck. But guess what? Jesus doesn't want us to stay stuck. In fact, he is so good and so generous and so kind that he was willing to sacrifice himself so that we could experience and taste freedom. See, this is good news for each and every one of us. And the question that I want you to consider over the next few moments, is there a place in your life that you need to experience freedom? Is there something going on that, that you continue to carry, that you long to, to kind of overcome, but, but the problem is no matter how hard you try, it's like, it's like you're stuck. You can't move forward. See, what I love about that game of freeze tag, it was, it was actually only freed people who could help other people get free. And don't miss that, because listen, those of us who know Jesus, we've been set free. And yet we encounter people all the time who they long for freedom. But until that encounter, they're stuck. But Jesus, oh, he, he brings freedom. He brings freedom. See, in the story we're going to read, we're going to focus on a man who's stuck. He's, he's trapped in a place of oppression. His efforts, his ability to to shake himself free is not enough. The the natural options, the natural solutions don't seem to be enough. But but here's what we read. Jesus wants this man to be free. It's interesting. This is the perfect story, by the way, for Halloween. So we're going to read about a man who who lives literally in a graveyard. (laughs) Crazy. But look with me to, to Mark chapter 5. And and as we prepare to walk through this story together, I want you to notice a few things. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus, he goes across the lake, faces a storm, arrives on the far side of the lake in a Gentile, in other words, non-Jewish region. What's Jesus doing over there? It's a communication that the mission of Jesus is not just local, it is global. It is for every nation, every tribe, every tongue. The kingdom of God is a multi-ethnic reality, ladies and gentlemen. And Jesus here, he travels to a Gentile region, finds a man who is trapped, oppressed, and he brings freedom into his life. Now, what we're about to read is is pretty extreme, and some of us, we're going to be tempted to say this. Well, Tyler, my my issue, the the thing that I feel like I'm stuck in today, it doesn't feel that extreme. Not that big of a deal. But understand this. Just because it doesn't feel extreme doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't want you to be freed from it. The second thing, though, to understand is just because it doesn't maybe feel that extreme in your life, I think where we have to be careful is that we don't just settle for it. It's easy to look at what we're journeying with, what we're journeying through, and just say, well, it's just kind of how it is or, or how it is supposed to be. Now, Jesus, he wants us to find freedom. I'm convinced of that. And so today, understand this, first and foremost, I want to challenge us 
Don't settle for trying to control an issue when you can receive freedom. Don't don't settle for trying to control something when you can actually be freed from that something. This is what we read about. You see it in Mark chapter 5. Look with me. In in verse 2 it says this. As soon as he, speaking of Jesus, got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs. And no one was able to restrain him anymore, not even with a chain. Capture this. Everybody's best effort to try to control the issue was not enough. Goes on. Because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had torn the chains apart and smashed the shackles. No one, can you say no one? No one was strong enough to subdue him. But the story doesn't stop there. No one seemed to have the the solution. No one seemed to have the answer. But can I tell you, the story continues to go on because this man is about to meet somebody who has more than enough. It says this, night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. The community around him had had tried to control him, but the problem is all of the natural resources, all of the natural answers, whether it was chains, whether it was shackles, or just getting him out of the city and into the graveyard amongst the tombs, they tried to control it, but Jesus wasn't interested in just the issue being controlled. Jesus wanted him to experience freedom. This is important. Why? Because following Jesus isn't just another tool in our arsenal of self-help formulas. How many of us understand, like, in America, in the world in which we live, we love self-help stuff? Come on, some of you, this last week, an ad popped up. Seven easier ways to prepare your dinners this next week. You're like, boom, bookmarked. We love self-help. Help, but here's the reality. This man is stuck. Much like Freestag, you cannot free yourself. And this man is in that place. He cannot free himself. In the community around him, they either are unable or they refuse to do anything to help him. And so they simply just try to control the issue. Notice the strongest material, the strongest solutions in the natural are no match for the spiritual. Chains, broken. Shackles, smashed. The man could not be bound by iron shackles, catch this, yet he was anything but free. He's not chained physically, he he can't be restrained, but, but he is anything but free. And sometimes we we have to stop and ask ourselves, do I want control or do I want freedom? Because here's the subtle thing that happens sometimes. Control can give us a false sense of freedom. Oh, I got it. I got it under control. How many of you ever told yourself, okay, I I finally got that thing under control. And it's under control until it's not, Right? Any of you, you finally, you finally got your anger under control and you got, it, you got that anger dealt with until you didn't? That, 
that addiction, you, you had it under control until it wasn't? See, control only takes it so far, and why would we settle for control when Jesus actually wants to free us from the grip of the thing that, that has us? Don't settle for control when you can experience freedom. And guess what? Jesus is still setting people free. And we know this, and here's, here's some good news for you. Jesus is strong enough. Jesus is strong enough. Continue on with me as we look at verse 6. It says this. When he, this man who is oppressed by demons, when, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and knelt down before him. Did you catch that? A man that nobody could control, a man that nobody could bind, is now bowing at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is strong enough. It says this. He cried out with a loud voice, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you before God, don't torment me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? Jesus asked him. My name is Legion. Now in this culture in Rome, Rome would have what they called legions of divisions in their army. Would, it would be about up to 6,000 troops. It's interesting, Jesus is in a Gentile area and this demon responds my name is Legion, because we are many. I mean, no, if, if you encounter something like that, probably the hair on the back of your neck is standing up going, okay, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. But did you notice Jesus isn't worried? Why? Because Jesus is strong enough. My, my name is Legion, because we are many, and he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the region. A large herd of pigs was there feeding on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us into the pigs so that we may enter them. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs. The herd of about 2,000 rushed down a steep bank into the sea and drowned there. What is it? Is, is God like really against bacon? Is that what's going on here? Is that? Notice, don't, don't let this be lost on you. The difference between humanity and an animal is that we have a sense of self will. There, there's this God given part of how He has created us. We were image bearers. And what's interesting, the moment that a demon enters something that has no soul, it instantly goes to destruction. There is an enemy of our soul, ladies and gentlemen, and his purpose is to steal, kill, and ultimately to destroy. But the good news is this. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. In other words, we, we could read a story like this and Oh, man. No, no, this story is a reminder. Jesus has authority. So whatever you might feel stuck by today, you can't move past, you can't get free from, Jesus is strong enough. 
a man that nobody could bind, nobody could subdue. He is bowing at the feet of Jesus, and with mere words, Jesus speaks to him, and his whole situation is transformed. We know that falling at the feet of Jesus, falling at the feet of anybody, really is a sign of submission. Consider these words in Philippians chapter 2. It says this, For this reason God highly exalted Jesus and gave him the name that is above every name. Guess what? The name of Jesus is even above the name Legion. The name of Jesus is above the name Anger. The name Jesus is above the name alcoholism. The name Jesus is above the name anxiety. Whatever it is, that, that the name is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every, can you say every? Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Notice this, every knee bows at the authority of Jesus. Every tongue confesses at the mention of Jesus. So whatever it is that, that may have you stuck today, the good news is Jesus is strong enough. Jesus is strong enough. We go back to this story in Mark chapter five. No doubt the surrounding villagers, they had heard the cries of this man. They heard him crying out from the tombs. They, they heard him screaming and, and longing to, to be free, and he's in this condition. And, and here's the challenge. They heard, but they couldn't or they wouldn't help. Here's what we know, though. God also heard this man's cries. And the good news is Jesus, God in the flesh, he comes through a storm to set a man free from the storm inside of him. Jesus is still doing the same thing today, friends. Jesus will travel through the storm. He, he will work through what he needs to work through so that we could experience and taste freedom. And what I love about the freedom that Jesus brings, it's, it's not like our best efforts to control something. John 8, verse 36 says this, so if the Son sets you free, you really will be free. Today, listen, Jesus gets a hold of our life. He's got freedom. And guess what type of freedom it is? The real kind. Changes everything kind of freedom. See, Jesus, he's, he's strong enough. And what this also means for us today is no one is beyond hope. No one is beyond hope. We're reading a story of, of a circumstance, a situation that feels really, really extreme. And, and most of us today, when we go, man, compared to that, Tyler, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. But the good news is there's, there's no one beyond hope. That's what the town is so, so shocked about. Let's continue on in this story. It says this, starting in verse 14. The men who tended the pigs, they ran off and reported it to the town and the countryside. And people went to see what happened. Come on, 2,000 pigs drowning off of a cliff. You would be jumping in the car to go check it out too. People are showing up going, what on earth happened? 
And they came to Jesus. They saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. Look at this next statement. And they were afraid. They were afraid. What unsettled them was the condition that they now see this guy in. It says this. Those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs. Then they began to beg Jesus to leave their region. What's going on here? See, somebody that they had written off, here's what we're learning. God doesn't write anybody off. People may have written you off already. Can I tell you, God has not written you off yet. There's hope. In Jesus. There's more than enough in Jesus. Jesus is strong enough for for whatever has you frozen. He wants to set people free. No one is beyond hope, but, but there's some dynamics here going on in this story. And what do we see? We see that in the presence of Jesus, everything can change. Why? Because Jesus is hope personified. A man that people had written off, they had grown comfortable with his life in shambles as long as their life was not impacted. See, don't miss, there's a financial impact to this man's freedom. 2,000 pigs just plummeted to their death. And now all the people are going, wait, 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 wait. It wasn't a big deal when when he was just kind of out there in the tombs because we could kind of ignore it. We could just kind of walk past it. But now there's impact. It's hitting our pocketbook. It's, It's hitting this place in my life. But the man is free. Things have changed for him. One biblical scholar said this, ironically, they feared Jesus more than they did the demoniac, and they cared more for their pigs than for a fellow human being. See, freedom, Jesus provides freedom. But sometimes there's, just like in the game of free sake, you got to be willing to to maybe sacrifice, to to get engaged. There's a price tag to be an extension of of freedom at times. And yet Jesus is still on the mission to set people free. See, our call as life centers to bring life in Jesus to every life in our community. To do that, we got to be a church that's willing to reach wide. We talk about this often. There's over 633,000 people in Pierce County who are disconnected from Jesus and his church. But guess what? No one is beyond hope. No one. The broken and the bruised, guess what? There's hope for that. The addicted and the abandoned, guess what? There's hope for that. The outcast and the oppressed, guess what? There's hope for that. The pressured and the possessed, there's hope for that. The neglected, even the narcissistic. Come on, somebody. There is hope for that. No one is beyond hope. Come on, Life Center, would you say that with me? No one is beyond hope. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Because here's what I know. If if I've met Jesus, 
I now become an extension of that freedom. But that means just like in FreeSec, I had to have some friends who were willing to do this. When, when the person's over there tagging other people, Thankfully, I had some friends who were willing to get involved in bringing me freedom. Are we willing to, to get involved in being an extension of this freedom? Because this is where the story leads us to. Check this out. We are not just freed from something. We are freed for something. L look at what it says. Mark chapter 5. As Jesus is getting into the boat, verse 18, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him earnestly that he might remain with him. Jesus did not let him, but told him, go home. Can you say, go home? What, Jesus? I mean, put this guy on the poster. Let him tell the story. Jesus, this is going to go viral. Go home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Jesus freed him from something that he had spent years of his life bound in a place of brokenness, in a place of oppression. Jesus freed him from something, but it didn't just stop there. Jesus also freed him for something. See, that freedom became a message to others who maybe found themselves in that condition. Hey, there's this man named Jesus. He's setting things right. He's changing lives. It says this, verse 20. So he went out and began to proclaim in the Decapolis. There's 10 cities in this region called the Decapolis. How much Jesus had done for him. And they were all amazed. This man becomes the first non-Jewish evangelist that we read about in the Gospels. He's a Gentile. Again, it's this, this foreshadowing that this good news, this message, it wasn't just for the Jews, it's for the world, it's for all mankind, it's, it's for humanity that Jesus has come to set captives free. And here's what I know, Jesus wants us to be free wants us to be free. But we're not just set free from something. We're set free for something. I love one of my friends here at Life Center. His name is Craig. He's followed Jesus for a lot of years. But just in the last couple of years, this, this guy spent years in, in finance and all of a sudden, he's gotten involved in, in some of our prayer ministry and some, some of our different classes. I remember coming up to him a couple of months ago and this, this massive smile on his face. And he says this to me, Tyler, I'm learning things and doing things that I never thought I would do as a follower of Jesus. What's that all about? Well, there's this life and this excitement inside of him. Why? Because he understands, yes, I was saved, but I'm not just saved from something, I'm saved for something. God's got a design and a purpose, and I'm stepping into that. And friends, in the same way in your life, for those of us who have experienced the freedom that Jesus brings, you're not just freed from something, you are freed for something. 
But notice the first command that Jesus gives him. He says, go to your family. Sometimes the, the hardest people to face are those who know us the best. But they need to see the fruit of our transformation. He becomes an evangelist. He goes to the 10 cities, begins to share about, about Jesus. And listen, Life Center, we are saved for something. There's people throughout Pierce County, they need this hope. They, they need this truth that Jesus is still setting people free. It's true for you, but it's also true for them. It's what it looks like for us to, to love well our city, our community, our nation. Don't miss this. This man obeys Jesus. Doesn't fold his arms and like, what are you talking about, Jesus? I'm, I'm called to go with you. He obeys Jesus. Notice this. Obedience to Jesus' command was a sign that he was actually free. You want to know what freedom looks like? Obedience. Obedience. He, he's set Free And the, the first response is to obey. Now, un, understand, some people see obedience to Christ as bondage. Well, I don't want to serve anybody who's going to tell me what to do. But understand, that's where true freedom is found. It's coming under the rule and reign of a good God who, who actually knows a plan and a purpose for our lives better than we know a plan and a purpose for our lives. See, the reality is some of us in the room, we could tell stories of how we've spent far too many years walking around with chains and shackles that nobody else could see and we couldn't even see them, but, but we sure felt them. And they were shaping our destiny, but then we encountered Jesus. And something changed. Something shifted. See, today, I want to ask the question that I began with. Where in your life do you need to experience freedom? Today, could you bow your heads with me? I want us just to take a moment, maybe you want to close your eyes, just to focus for a second. Maybe Holy Spirit wants to shine a light on your heart. Reveal some things. Where do you sense the voice of Jesus speaking to you today? Where, where have you settled for trying to control something that Jesus actually wants to set you free from it? Take a moment, just, just reflect on that. In our prayer time early this morning, our pastors, we were gathered together in Gray Chapel praying over each and every person that will walk through our doors at one of our campuses today. And as I was praying, I... I had this sense, almost like seeing this picture of a, of a woman who was kind of kneeled down, covering her ears, because there's all these voices screaming at her in her direction. And I just believe, I don't know if that person is here today or watching online, but here's what I know. Jesus wants to set you free. I sense there, there's somebody where the, the voices just won't stop, the noise won't stop, the, the condemnation won't relent, and yet Jesus wants you to leave this place different than the way that you walked in. For you, maybe it's a battle with anger. Maybe it's a battle 
uh, of abusing alcohol or, or leaning in and overindulging in things that you just know it, it's become not just a comfort, it's become a, a pattern that's leading you to a place of destruction. Can I tell you, Jesus wants you to experience freedom. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe, maybe Jesus wants to set you free from your need for approval. Because one of the addictions in our nation is the need for approval. Maybe he wants to set you free. So you have good news for you today. Jesus, he, he went through the storm of the cross so that we could be set free from the storm of sin in our lives. He, he was willing to sacrifice himself for our freedom. Friend, Jesus is more than enough. There's not one person, there's not one circumstance, there's not one situation that is beyond hope today. So across this room, as you've taken time, I wanna ask a question. If you're here today and you say, Tyler, there's some stuff in my life and I, I just, I believe that today's my day to find freedom. If that's you, you just, you know there's, there's something in your life. If that's you, can I invite you just to raise a hand, just hold it up, say, yeah, there, there's something that I need freedom from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Second, I wanna pray for those of us, because the, the pathway to experiencing freedom, it actually begins with this thing called surrender. Surrender, it's this idea of instead of me trying to control, I'm going to trust in what God has done for me through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. It's called salvation. Today, if you're in this place and you say, Tyler, today I want a fresh start with God. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to know that my sin is forgiven, that I I am in a relationship with God. That's you today. Would you just simply raise a hand? Just hold it up for a moment. Say, yeah, that's me. That's me. Thanks, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I invite you to stand to your feet all across this room? And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a moment of prayer. As we're standing, I'm going to invite some of our pastors and prayer team to come forward. Especially for those of us who raise our hands saying, yeah, there's something that I need freedom from or freedom in, I want to encourage you to find somebody to pray with. Something amazing happens when when we take what we are maybe facing, journeying through, and and we just bring it into the light, meaning we, we partner with somebody else in prayer. It's amazing how freedom shows up. But today I want to pray over us before I send us out of this place, because in a moment we're going to be launched out on assignment this week. Why? Because this week we're going to encounter coworkers who they're frozen, <laughs> they're stuck. Family members, coworkers, uh, uh, people in our neighborhood, people we go to school with, and what I love is that as freed people, we get to be a part of that source to connect them to Jesus, the one who is actually able to set others free. Would you pray with me, Jesus? I thank you for every individual in this room today. I thank you that you are setting people free. Come on today, if you raise your hand and say, yeah, I, I just, I want some freedom. If that's you, would you just lift that hand? Just raise it up right now, saying, God, you, you know what it is. You know exactly what it is. Lord, you see every hand. You know every single circumstance. 
And Lord, your word simply says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. So I pray for freedom in hearts, freedom in minds, freedom in lives. Set people free. And Lord, as well, I pray for those who raised a hand, making that decision by faith to put their trust in you. Life Center, can we pray this prayer out loud together, agreeing with those who are putting their trust in Jesus today? Come on, say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision? Listen, this week, we're called to be free. What I love about Jesus, he can free us in a moment, and sometimes walking out that freedom is a day-by-day-by-day-by-day-by-day decision. And so, you want to pray for freedom, I want to encourage you to step forward, find one of our prayer team members. We want to link our faith with you. I'm going to launch us out of this place on assignment. Remember, we don't just go to church. We, we are the church. So let's go. Let's be the church this week, Life Center. God bless. We'll see you soon.